0: Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals Podcast. Today, it is the 19th of May, 2022. On today's show, we're going to discuss the Juan Soto trade rumor that got started yesterday that really wasn't a trade rumor that has turned into trade rumors and people texting me about trade packages and all these kinds of things. There is a group of people that kind of seen things one way and there's the reality of the situation. We'll talk about that. Also, the Nationals won a wild one last night. Strong Josiah, great performance, and also weird ending in extra innings to salvage a game against the Marlins. We'll discuss that as well coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, everybody, hello, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast on this May 19th. It's a Thursday Hawaiian shirt today. I'm uh, starting the last series of the year that I'm calling for the Richmond Spiders baseball team. So I've uh, got the Hawaiian shirt on going to that game here in a little bit. But podcast today, make sure you find us wherever you guys get your podcast and on YouTube as well. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right, so yesterday we talked about the uh, the Buster Only article over at ESPN Plus. And Buster Only said, I mean, you know, he said that, it, I'll give it to you the, like this, guys. His reporting is strong and it's good. And if you read what he said, um, there is a huge disconnect to what people believe out there and what he actually said. In the Buster only article yesterday, his he was doing questions basically, um, like will the will the Nationals trade Juan Soto? Could Carlos Correa be on the move? Ten X factors as MLB trade market heats up, and what you know the the, the trade market also guys, um, you know it's it's August second, so we got we got a little ways to go here, but. Will the Nationals trade Juan Soto as number one? Now, obviously, we do stuff all the time in the media. Like, that's a good question to ask. It's a fine question to ask for an article like this, you know. Um, That's a different thing, though, is Juan Soto on the trade block, right? I actually saw people say that. And I saw people, you know, packages being put together. And I saw Blue Jays fans and Padres fans saying he's on the market. Wow, you know, he could be moving. Uh, You know, we need him, all this kind of stuff. And he goes on to say that a rival GMs, a rival GMs is what he said. Um, Here's the quote exactly. Quote, but rival execs say the Nationals might well be compelled and motivated to move Soto this summer. They already tried uh, tried and failed to sign him to a Whopper contract extension. He is represented by Scott Boris, who almost always takes his clients to free agency. Um, and the Nationals have gone through significant transitions. The team is reportedly for sale. General manager Mike Rizzo in the last year of his current contract, and the franchise that won the World Series uh, in 2019 is so far terrible in 2022. Okay, so let's evaluate those things. They're all true. At no point did he say something that is incorrect. What we have to understand here is. Number one, the fact, let's just talk about the Nationals factors first. Okay, one, they're terrible. We knew they would be. There was no expectation this team would be good. None. There was not an expectation. I mean, maybe some of you all out there did, optimistic fans. I sometimes do that for my teams. But having covered this team, I kind of had the expectation they wouldn't be that good, right? So it's not like the Nationals would in any way, shape, or form change their opinions on should they trade Juan Soto because the team is bad you might say hey look you know they're, they're not as close as they maybe thought they were like i don't know how you think you could be close with this team nobody's under contract for that long except for two of the pitchers uh you know actual signed contracts and the guys who you know who are on the team on the hook for a while are all in arbitration and are all younger guys so i don't know how in any way shape or form there is a difference in terms of results and they suck they're really bad i mean, maybe you thought they'd be a little bit better but like They're bad. I just don't know if the degree of bad really matters here. This is what we thought would happen, right? Um, We knew that the team would go up for sale. Now, this is something that we talked about before, but people really didn't um, talk a whole lot about the team being up for sale and tying that to one set We did at the time, but it didn't accelerate any conversation we had about the trades at all. It didn't really do that. We mentioned it, sure. But in the end, the Nationals as an asset are much more valuable with that guy there now also the counter argument is hey would you want to pay him that much money you know if you're taking on the team you're buying the team you knowing you have you have that big contract to pay well also i mean at the same time once again guy's going to put asses and seats and jerseys on backs right so you actually have something that is a commodity that you know for sure people are going to like to come so there is a uh a balancing act there there are two things that are competing but those are both factors that we already knew were there. We knew the team might be up for sale. Now, the one thing that is new that came in yesterday, I don't know if this really matters too much, is that, you know, it might, I mean, he's the manager, but Dave Martinez's contract is in concert with uh, Mike Rizzo's. They're both in the last year of their contracts. We knew Rizzo was. We figured that Dave Martinez was on the same schedule as well, so I think that's kind of, um, you know, they're both in the final year of the guaranteed of their contracts. And that's, this came from Jesse Doherty and then also Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post. But this is also kind of things that I think we all figured, right? And if this team's up for sale, there could be some big changes coming. Also, I don't know if this group wants to make those decisions regarding this player right now, if they're not going to be the ones around, Right. That's something you have to consider too. If this brass ownership manager and GM might not be around long-term, I don't, you know, typically you don't see them pulling the trigger on franchise altering moves and then leaving. You just normally don't see that happen. Now, look, you might in desperation trying to save your job and say, you know, Mike Riz, I don't think he's like this, but Mike Rizzo could say, oh, you know, see, it's a rebuild. You got to give me time to keep building this thing. I think Mike Rizzo probably gets a job in baseball, whether or not this is his last year. And I think it might be, and it's not a knock on him. You know, I think it's one of those situations where maybe for Martinez and for Rizzo, it's just, it's a situation where like these two things have run their course. Right. Um, I don't, I don't blame Martinez at all for the last two years at all. Uh, I think Mike Rizzo has made the deals that he has been allowed to make. Sure. Some of them not always great, but, I think Rizzo put together a championship team in 19. We know he has the capability, and he has not had the ability to do so in the last couple of years. I think some of the deals they made have been decent for the guys they've got back in return. So, you know, I think it's you know it's a tough job to evaluate, but usually you get a grace period after this. But, uh, you know, after winning a World Series, I, I just think it's on track to kind of go to a natural parting of ways when the Nats hit reset. But if, if, you're, if you're hitting reset with different people, you know, I, I think with two years left, two and a half years left on Soto's deal, like, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on this. I don't see that happening this year at all, and I felt that way ever since we know it's the final year was guaranteed contract. We knew uh, now Dave Martinez' piece goes in there too, but I don't know how much that affects us. We knew he uh, we knew he's represented by Scott Boris. That was always there. We knew he turned down the offer that the Nationals originally offered. Um, you know, I think the idea the Nationals would offer him one contract and then say, "Well, he didn't take it. He's a Scott Boris' client. I guess we'll just trade him now." Like, we never thought that, right? We, we, didn't, we didn't think that. Now, all of these factors together are a compelling case. And I do agree it's an interesting thought to have here as he's having in this article. But that brings us to rival execs and evaluators saying these things. Um, duh, obviously, like, once again, these people are rival execs, 100% sure. The reporting's solid. But this is not news necessarily that rival execs probably some of which were from teams that would either a love to see him out of the division or b um would love to have him on their team you know would say something like this of course they would it's smart to say stuff like that uh the idea though that rival execs are now you know setting the one soto trade market is is a weird thing I think the big this all boils down to me is has the conversation about one Soto with the Nationals changed? Has anything from the front part of this season? And look, I know there's a lot happening. There's all factors we listed: potential sale, right? Contracts coming up for the two guys who are running the team from GM and manager standpoint. Uh, you know, once again, potential sale. They're bad, but like these are all things that we kind of expected and knew. And I guarantee you Juan Soto probably and 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 Scott Boris probably understood the management situation as well as that's been going along. So I think my big question is, you know, as people are texting me about trade packages and look, we're going to have Lindsey Crosby on. All right. We're going to entertain this. We're going to talk to him about the um, about potential trade offers and honestly, could anybody put one together? And he's like, wow, I'm going to start thinking about this. He and I are going to talk on Sunday. So that that's looking forward to, he does locked on prospects. He's great. Um, you know, that that's a big question, but I, people are asking about certain prospects of guys. I, I don't know. It's, and, and, and somebody put a comment on our last video. And I, I think this person is, is well in saying this uh, and I'll read it. It was from uh, beast in the beauty breaks. And he said, I don't see any team that could put a decent enough package for Soto. And I know he said he would like to stay in DC. What the Nats need to do is get some better pitching. And I hate to say it, but trade off Strasburg. Well, so the, the trade off Strasburg part of it's hard to do. You know, I still agree with that, but uh, I was the one who also said they need to get better pitching. They have not, they need to get more veteran guys in and actual talented players in the lineup. They need to keep bringing along the K. Burger Ruiz of the world and get some of those guys up there uh, from their minor league system to come in and fill those spots in the lineup. Um, you know, th- they are, they've got a lot of work to do. But once again, my point remains, what has changed to all of a sudden make the Nationals say this? And also, nowhere are we seeing a, and look, this might be happening behind the scenes, all right? It it very well might be happening. But nowhere are we seeing Juan Soto, Nationals kicking around trading Juan Soto, Nationals sniffing around. No, I mean, their first contract offer got turned down once again, no matter what else is going on. I don't think they're going to get spurned once and then walk away from a guy who is going to probably end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. And it went a lot of MVPs and is going to have one of the, you know, sucks to say it. richest contracts, it sucks for you, you mean, I think he's worth that much. But you at least have to give it a try first. And the Nationals haven't even gotten to give it that try. And if he goes past your price point, then you try to trade him. But you haven't made an honest attempt yet to do so. And so I think we're far too early in this. I don't think he gets traded this year, if it does happen I think it's next year. The Nationals have to make a legit attempt. They've made one, not one that you laugh off the table, but it was one that uh, you know, so I think it was easy for them to say no. So let's see what happens here. You know, the Nationals have more steps to take with this and obviously more dominoes to fall in the front office. But the idea that the one Soto is now somehow on the trade block, I get it. His value will never be higher. But he'll still have high value next year because the fact that, look, you get the chance to extend the guy too. You get the chance to extend the guy um, and have him also for one more year of arbitration before you have to extend the guy ostensibly, right? So, I mean, you know, his value is still going to be sky high. There is no pressure on the Nationals to this doubt. The pressure on them is to continue to make competitive offers to him and continue to try to take steps to make this team competitive with whoever is in the front office, whoever is managing the team. So, uh, Nats fans, do not worry. There's no news anywhere that he is on the trade block. This was just a thought-provoking article from Buster Only, who I like a lot. I'm not saying this is clickbait. It's not clickbait. It's an interesting concept. But this is an ESPN Plus article that's you know talking about 10 X factors as the MLB trade market heats up. Right. This is not a lot of reporting happening here. Okay. So this is not, it's, it's news in some sense, but it's not like news news in a certain way. Think about where it is. You know, if one soda was in the trade market, that would be an ESPN article. They put that one up on the front page of MLB on the ESPN tab, and it would not be behind a paywall. This is a more thoughtful piece with some digging behind it, but talking to rival execs, nobody from the Nats is going to speak on that right now. So just understand that I wouldn't hit the panic button too much one Soto at this point, not in the trade block. It's not what's being reported. All right. Uh, quick word from our sponsors today, and then we'll continue on the show to help the nationals win last night against the Marlins. First, once again, quick word from the sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by built bar. Go to built.com today. That is built.com promo code lock 15, L O C K E D one five lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, guys, they've got uh, bounty. Uh, b- no, b- Brownie batter puffs. I've already had the cake puffs, their uh, birthday cake puffs. They're phenomenal. The brownie batter puffs have 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. Compare that to a candy bar, much better for you, and they taste just as good, and some of them actually taste a lot better than candy bars. So once again, brownie batter puffs. You guys can go to uh, Built.com today. It's Built.com to find those. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, locked 15 locked one locked 15. All right. So the Washington nationals last night did salvage a game as we always do. We'll go through where they are uh, as things stand right now. The Washington nationals are 13 and 26. That's a three thirty-three winning percentage. They are um, they are 12 games back of the New York Mets. They are six back of the Phillies. They are five back of the Marlins and they are th- uh, three and a half back four 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 and a half back of the Braves. They're five and 15 at home. They're eight and 11 on the road. It's not that bad. They are uh, they have a minus 45 run differential. Their current streak is they've won one and they're three and seven. In their last 10. There's your setup. Nationals get the win last night in a fun game. Five to four. The offense finally did show up. No five runs isn't a ton, but that's probably the best offense that we've seen against Pablo Lopez all season. Just three innings for Pablo. Three innings, four hits, three earned runs, two Ks, 82 pitches. The Nationals did an excellent job creating run-scoring opportunities last night. Now, they were four for 19 without a scoring position. That's not great, but they were putting up a lot of opportunities. They ended up getting, uh, let's see, I'm counting it right now, three, four, five, six, seven pitchers from the Marlins involved. They were putting together good at-bats all day long. Juan Soto walked three times in this game, Cesar Hernandez, who I think we're going to talk about next week with Matt Weir, because he actually had a nice little season so far, goes two for five in this game. And the guy who came up with the big hit, who had the best game of all, it was K. Ruiz late in the game in the 10th inning, knocking one down the line to give the Nationals the win. Michael Franco, two for five in this game as well. And I have to say, it ended on a defensive play, which was really nice to see. Now, For those of you who did not see this, this game was, uh, it was four to three. The Nationals scored in the top of the A thanks to a Lane Thomas being hit by a pitch. Then Jazz Chisholm has a sack fly in the ninth where they originally ruled that the runner had gone too early. And then it was reviewed and overturned. So the Nationals had, uh, it was a tie game. And all of a sudden the Nationals had won the game. And all of a sudden it was a uh, tie game once again nationals go into the ninth K bear Ruiz gets the big one down the line and helps the Nats win the game. And I'll tell you what, this is one of those games where this, I'm not saying this turns around the season. That's not what I'm trying to say here. The best part of this game is look, look what happened. All right. Josiah gray started the game and was dealing with traffic all game long but gave the Nationals a really strong performance last night. He had to bounce back from what was a really difficult outing, six innings, six hits, uh, six earned runs, three homers, two walks and five Ks in 94 pitches against the Astros. And then he rebounds really well with six innings, six hits, three runs, all earned, one homer, seven Ks and no walks in 95 pitches, all right? This game was started by Josiah Gray who was acquired in the Nationals trade when they sent Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. It was finished off by K. Bear Ruiz, who was in the trade from the Nationals to the Dodgers. I mean, you know, as far as, um, as far as, you know, things go, it's a strong pair of, uh, you know, I'd say it's a strong outing for both guys. It's, it's nice to see guys that you acquired in trades, getting the job done. Obviously a lot of work for those two guys with consistency, um, but Josiah Gray last night was able to actually keep a lot of stuff down. He missed early. Well, he left one. It was kind of – it was actually a little lower, but it was over the pla- – well, it was still middle of the plate, the one Jazz Chesom hit out. He just let his arms get extended, and Jazz has been on fire so far this season. Um, got a couple – got lucky a couple times, left one high to Aguilar, but there was a lot of traffic on the bases at times in this game last night, and uh, I thought he did a good job managing it. Bases loaded – in the third with nobody out only allowed one run in that situation and even with the traffic was able to make it a full six innings. In the bullpen, you know, um Tanner Rainey struggles, you know, last couple outings now, so uh, trying to get that consistency back for him. Carl Edwards has really rebounded well from his really bad uh start of the year. Um Kyle Finnegan, you know, pitched a scoreless inning and he's done really well as of late. I know he started off rough and then Victor Arano uh, comes in and then in the 10th and gets the save. Nine pitches is all it took uh, for him to get the job done in the end. Uh, Tanner Rainey vulturing the win after a second-blown save. Love all that stuff always works. 23-pitch, ninth inning. So there you go. Uh, Nationals get the win, though. Salvage won. And, look, it was the guys they traded for getting the job done. That is positive, positive, positive momentum in that respect. All right, uh, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you your podcast. And you can find us on YouTube as well. Coming up, tomorrow's show, we'll preview that series the Nationals have against the Milwaukee Brewers, a rematch from that wild card game back in 2019. It's always fun to think about those moments whenever the Nationals play the Brew Crew. That is coming up tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, until next time, guys. As always, stay safe.